Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and this week I want to talk to you about our gut microbiomes. Finally. (laughs) Before I do, if you can, please be sure to leave me a rating and review. I love the feedback I've been getting and I need more of it. Please let me know what you're thinking about all these episodes I'm putting out. Please let me know what future episodes you'd like me to do. If you can, also please do subscribe. I want you to be the first to know when I have more episodes coming on out. And believe me, I have so many more in store for you. With that out of the way, let's talk about our friendly gut bugs. And just as a quick note, this topic is a monster of a topic, okay? I could talk for hours about this and still not even scratch the surface. It is a brand new area of research, and all of the researchers are trying to jump on the bandwagon, and so many new research studies are coming out basically every single day. It's very hard to keep up with, but it's also a very exciting time. Now, this topic is thrown around so much these days with all of our marketing claims and probiotic and prebiotic supplements that I really felt the need to make sure you know what the science actually says about it. And as a quick reminder, marketing claims are not science, okay? (laughs) Science is very different more often than not than what the marketers are claiming, okay? They're trying to make a quick buck and you just have to protect yourself. Now, what I do want to do with this is do a two-part series, and I want to talk about what the gut microbiome is, why you should care about it, and how you can influence it directly with your consumption of various foods and supplement products, okay? So let's dive in. What is the gut microbiome? Might be weird to think about, but there is a huge population of bacteria living both on you and in you. And the biggest population of this bacteria lives inside your gut, and more specifically, your large intestine. Now, these bacteria are good for us. Okay, We coexist in this beautiful, amazing, nice, symbiotic relationship. They help us, we help them. And it really is key to our overall health and performance. Here's a fun fact for you. There are more bacterial cells living with us than there are actual cells of us. When you think of who you are, you are actually more bacteria than you are you. And this is just to highlight how important these guys are and how close of a relationship we have developed over the years. So what does this gut microbiome do for us? Well, it has many, many important functions, okay? Honestly, too many to list, but I want to highlight some of the most important ones. One of the big ones is it helps us harvest energy from food. It also helps us manufacture neurotransmitters. It also helps us manufacture enzymes and vitamins. It aids in the immune system function in a very significant way, let me say. It also directly impacts and helps regulate our metabolism. 
and it also provides structural support to our intestine, which is awesome. But there's so much more, but those are some of the heavy hitters. Now, a lot of people will ask me, okay, so there's this beautiful gut microbiome inside of us, but how do we get it? I don't seem to recall just, you know, shoving a bunch of bacteria into my large intestine. What happened? How did they get there? Our first exposure to bacteria actually comes during the birthing process, and it happens when we pass through the vaginal canal. And I, I do want to point out here that C-section babies will miss out on this first exposure. From here, it does take several years for our gut colony to become very well established. And these first few years, though, are absolutely critical for the development of a stable, healthy, balanced microbiome. And there are many factors that can severely impact the development of this gut microbiome. One of the biggest offenders is early antibiotic use, okay? Antibiotics are straight criminal in a baby. You should avoid them unless absolutely necessary. They should be a last line of defense, okay? Certainly, if it's going to save the baby's life, use them, right? Like that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but there was a period where doctors had this tendency to literally throw antibiotics at every single problem that came across their doorstep. And this has led to the widespread creation of antibiotic-resistant bacteria, which is not good. But an antibiotic functions kind of like a nuclear bomb, all right? When it gets dropped off in your system, it indiscriminately kills all bacteria. It has no discrimination power. It cannot differentiate between a good, friendly, symbiotic gut bacteria and a invading bacteria. Okay, so the antibiotic just wipes everything out. And then hopefully our natural gut uh, microbiome will reestablish its, re itself on the back end. That's the hope. That's how it works. But the problem is that babies don't have a natural gut microbiome. And so it's very hard for that to bounce back. And this will, as I said, severely impact the development of the gut microbiome. Feeding type is another factor that can impact the development of the gut microbiome. All right, breastfeeding is preferred over uh, formula. Another big one is less exposure to soil, animals, and different environmental microbes. We have a tendency in America to put our babies in these bubbles where everything is super sterile. And this is not really good and conducive for the development of a strong, healthy, balanced, and diverse gut microbiome. So that's how our initial gut microbiomes get established. Now I wanna mention, how do these guys stay alive? So. We know what can mess up their development in the early years when we're babies, but how do they stay alive all this time? And I mentioned that they play a role in harvesting energy. And so, you know, it, it kind of makes sense, but basically they eat what you don't eat. Your body will get first dibs at the nutrients in food. We're going to extract everything we can, and then we're going to hand the remainder over to these friendly neighborhood gut bugs. Stuff they end up eating and getting is mostly fiber, all right? These guys love fiber. And if you eat a no fiber diet, you are starving all of your gut bugs. They're gonna start looking for food nearby to eat. They want to survive, naturally. This is how all organisms are, they wanna survive. 
And so one source of food to these bacteria is other bacteria. And if forced, these guys will turn cannibalistic and eat each other. In the process, this is going to create loads of a bad compound, which I'll talk about in a little bit, called LPS. Not only will they turn cannibalistic, but they can also turn on the mucus layer that separates the intestinal wall from them. And so, just so you guys know, these bacteria don't actually touch your intestinal wall. All right, they are sitting on top of a mucus layer, and it acts as a nice little buffer between the two of them, between us and them. But if they are starved because you're not eating enough fiber, then they're going to start eating this mucus layer. And if they eat enough of the mucus layer, they keep tunneling down, they're eventually going to hit your intestinal wall and start eating you. That sucks. <laughs> that will lead to chronic inflammation. That will lead to things like leaky gut, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, but that causes all sorts of problems. And so I guess the extension is, well, let's say I'm eating a no fiber diet, or let's say I am uh, living with a very unhealthy gut microbiome. What are the complications? We now have data which shows that unhealthy gut microbiomes are associated with essentially every disease we have looked at. And the ones with the strongest links are type 2 diabetes, atherosclerosis, IBS, obesity, and also various psychiatric conditions. One of the really interesting uh, research studies that's come out has shown that if we transplant different types of microbi microbiomes into sterile mice, and by sterile mice I mean those that have no native gut microbiomes of their own, if you give a sterile mouse the gut microbiome of, say, an obese person, they will spontaneously gain weight and become obese despite no, no other changes to their diet or activity or anything like that. So that's pretty crazy if you ask me and just shows how powerful these guys really are. But this is a podcast about cognitive performance, right? So how is it the gut bacteria actually linked to the brain? So here's another fun fact for you. The gut microbiome makes about 95% of the body's supply of serotonin. And serotonin is a neurotransmitter that is naturally associated with the brain. Well, all neurotransmitters are, essentially. Uh, so, so the gut microbiome is making a huge supply of this one particular neurotransmitter, as well as other neurotransmitters. It's also making these bioactive compounds that have functions and produce responses in the brain and in the nervous system. So there's a lot of links when you look at this aspect of it. There is a second link between the gut microbiome and the brain, though. So the gut itself is equipped with what we call our second brain. Okay, It is an entire second nervous system that can operate independently of our brain and spinal cord. It's actually really cool and really neat. Look it up. <laughs> but the gut microbiome has a profound impact on our second brain brain because the gut microbiome lives in the gut and the gut is innervated by the second brain. And so the healthy gut microbiome helps protect the gut. The healthy gut helps protect the gut nervous system. And one nervous system interacts with the other nervous systems. Okay. They talk to each other. All right. They interact and they help each other out. So frequently what you see is that if one area of the nervous system is messed up, 
that will spiral out of control and mess up the other regions. And similarly, one area that's doing well can help out the other areas. Okay, it's all connected. So we have these two major links, which is one, the gut microbiome directly interacts with the brain through the creation of neurotransmitters and through these bioactive compounds. It also, by nature of residing in the gut, is interacting with our second brain, the enteric nervous system. Okay, and the enteric nervous system is connected pretty closely to our primary nervous system. And so we have these two major links, and given this, it makes sense that whenever we see disturbances in the gut microbiome, there are also corresponding disturbances in both our cognitive and emotional processes. Okay, and one final point, which doesn't necessarily relate here, but I do want to bring it up because I mentioned it earlier. Some people ask me, what is endotoxin? I've heard this term before. I've started to do my research into the gut microbiome, and I've heard this thing called endotoxin. What is it? How does it relate? So there are various endotoxins. The most common endotoxin, though, is lipopolysaccharide, or LPS, which I mentioned before. And LPS is a cell wall component of bacteria, okay? And our gut microbiome, being the largest population of bacteria in our body, is the biggest source of LPS, okay? Now, normally, LPS is locked into the cell wall of the bacteria, and it's just doing what it's supposed to be doing for the bacteria, okay? It's not ripped out and thrown into our bloodstream. It's just helping the bacteria, and that's fine. However, LPS in isolation, okay, when it's not as part of those bacteria, but if it does get in our system, it is pro-inflammatory, and it is associated with all of the above problems that we have mentioned. That being said, under normal, healthy conditions, especially if your gut microbiome is healthy, LPS shouldn't be getting inside to any meaningful degree, all right? It's not going to. But if it does, it starts what we call a vicious cycle. The LPS will trigger your brain to start a stress response. The stress response releases cortisol. Cortisol increases intestinal permeability. And the reason why it's doing this is because it's trying to suck up more nutrients for a fight or flight response. That's fine. That's good. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. However, when you have this increase in intestinal permeability, it allows more LPS to sneak in. And the more LPS that sneaks in, the stronger the stress response, which just keeps perpetuating the cycle. You see where this is going. <clears throat> now, naturally, LPS is not going to be a problem. But if you are eating a low-fiber diet, for example, and your bacteria are starving, and they're turning cannibalistic, and they're eating each other, well, some of this LPS is going to escape the cell wall from which it was a part of, and now it's going to be free-floating, and now it's going to start entering into our system, okay? That's one of the major links between endotoxin and also the brain, okay? So LPS is generally regarded as a bad thing, both for your health as well as your performance. So now you have a pretty good handle about what the gut microbiome is, where it came from, how it sustains itself, and also what problems result when our gut microbiome is unhealthy. I've also given you a nice explanation for how it's linked to the brain, but really the punchline is if you care about peak health and performance, you have to take your gut microbiome seriously. There's really no 
<laughs> no second way about it, okay? You just have to take this stuff serious. All right, now that you have a good handle on all of that, though, next week I want to give you some practical strategies for how to alter your gut microbiome. So that way maybe we can turn a bad one into a good one. Um, I'll also try to answer the question, what's up with probiotics and prebiotics, and so on. So thank you so much for listening this week. I really do appreciate it. You guys let me do what I love doing, which is rant about nutrition topics. And for that, I am eternally grateful. If you can, please shoot me a message with some feedback about what you're thinking, or you can leave me a rating and review for this episode. Um, I would really love to hear from you. If you can also subscribe, or if you found any value at all in this podcast, it would really help me out if you at least shared it with a friend. Okay, I am trying to grow this podcast and every, every little bit helps. Okay, so I'll, I'll stop there and I'm looking forward to chatting next week with you more about gut bugs. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.